Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it with your families, relaxing, having a good time, whatever you guys like. I hope that you enjoyed it. I know I did. I had some uh, some time off uh, hanging out with my family in Indiana, um, and now we're getting geared up for Christmas and all that fun stuff. And so um, we're really excited about the new year. We have a lot of really fun uh, and exciting things that we're we're getting together for for next year and moving on and just creating uh, you know a even bigger audience and bigger no bad dog community and I'm just really excited about everything moving forward it's we got a lot of new team members on board and a lot of new projects so anyway I'm excited I'm excited for you guys I'm excited to grow with you guys today's podcast is with a dog owner and this is I don't know I mean this is something that I I can I I understand why this dog owner is is frustrated this is something that you guys see me deal with all the time, in particular with a reactive dog. And, and that's, that's literally like, there's a, when your dog is reactive, honestly, in this situation, I mean, we went through, she sent over videos and I go over the videos in this, in this episode. Um, I, I go play by play of what's happening in the video so you guys can hear it. And it is frustrating for the dog owner. And, and I understand the frustration because the dog is also frustrated. And so it's kind of this pendulum of just back and forth of, well, this problem happened. What do I do? Same answer. This problem happened. What do I do? And so what you generally find out with like a lot of videos that you guys watch on is my dog has a problem. My dog is anxious. My dog is reactive. And reality is, is it's actually the owners. And, and I know that that sounds cliche and something that we talk about a lot here on the, on the podcast and in the videos, but it's the truth. This dog owner literally is like, this situation happened. And I walk through, I walk you guys through this, this on the podcast too. I'm like, look, this is what you should have done differently. A neighbor comes over and he tries to bite the neighbor. This is what you should have done differently. A dog walks on the path and he reacts. Well, these are the things you're doing wrong. Like, look, it's so clear. So every situation that she she gave to me uh, in video format, all of them were owner, operator, error. Every single one of them. Every time that they put this dog in these situations, I'm like, yeah, this is going to happen. That's a, that's a huge red flag. So this is a great podcast for those reasons of going over like, three to four different scenarios and all of them were kind of seamlessly disconnected but also woven tight together and one quote um, because as you guys know I kind of make quotes up as I go and I try to remember them one quote that I that I said was all of these situations are in the same water or in the same ocean but on different boats 
So that I, I just, that just popped in my head as we were talking about it is like the bigger, you're all in the same boat or I'm sorry, you're all in the same ocean or the same water, but they're all different boats. So the reactivity with the people and the reactivity with other dogs and the anxiousness of going new places, they're all different things. But the reality is, is they're all the same thing. The problem is the same, which is you, the dog owner. Anyway, so we're going to get into this podcast. I hope you like it. I, I know that there's some solid information on here. Um, for you guys to, to be helpful at home. And I know a lot of you guys are working on anxiety, you're working on reactivity. So without further ado, uh, let's get into the podcast. And before I forget, um, I have some questions that I'm going to be answering at the end of this podcast that you guys are leaving in the testimonials and the review page on the podcast. If you guys want an opportunity for me to answer your questions, I'm picking two or three every podcast to answer. All you guys have to do is leave a review in the podcast platform that you're listening to this on and uh, leave your question within that review, and I'll answer them at the end of this podcast. So we're going to do a couple at the end of this, so make sure you listen to the whole dang thing. What's going on? Um, okay, so I have a German Shepherd, a year, just over a year and a half. He's done, um, you know, he's done a lot of training. Um, he did a three-week training, like a Monday through Friday, but like eight to four type of thing, not a board and train. Um, he was trained on the e-collar. We used the prong with him. At Harm Spring, um, and he did very well in training, um, but he's very he's reactive to dogs. Okay. Um, so, however, so I'm back training at this place, but he's not reactive in the training place. Okay. He's only reactive when he's out, um, and he's more reactive at the home, like around the neighborhood. So I've been trying to take him out and about to like, uh, you know, parks where he's not, he's still very reactive, but not as much as, you know, on our territory. Okay. So how old is he? You said? It's um, just over a year and a half. We got him in April of 2000, a true COVID puppy. Okay. And uh, so he, he's reactive with, he's not reactive with you at the dog training place, but he's reactive with you other places. Correct. And with anybody else in the family, it's not just me, but if anybody takes him for a walk, he's reactive to other dogs. Okay. Very reactive. Yeah. And he, okay. So he, let me just explain something. He was very reactive. He was reactive before he went for his training. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not against the e-collar. I'm not saying that, but I, after he was trained and we were using it, with other dogs like they would tell us to use you know to before when we would approach a dog or whatever leave it or whatever it seemed like it got worse so with the e-collar i'm not using e-collar with him with other dogs like with the other dogs it just like sense of you know he gets very scared so we use it for a recall. We use it for, you know, some commands and stuff like that. But I'm not using the e-collar anymore on that because I just, it just didn't work. So I'm not saying maybe I'm doing it wrong, but it okay. just didn't. So, so if I take him to a dog park mm -hmm. and I'm looking to get him into the dog park, but originally, and this probably started over a year ago, I couldn't even get 10, like 15 feet of the, of the fence. Mm -hmm. I can now get him to the fence and he will wag his tail and, you know, he's fine. He can smell the other dogs and the other dogs are, are good. Um, and he's okay that way. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, I know he'll, he'll approach him. He never wants to go in. He never, and I'm not looking for that right now. He's obviously not ready for that, but I just don't know what, how to get him. Everybody's, you know, I've, you walk until his threshold and you turn around and go, you know, the other way. And yeah. we're doing all, I've done that. It's just been a year <laughs> and I just, I don't know what else to do. I don't know if I should be, you know, if there's more that I should do to get him, I don't know, uh, you know, more comfortable. And then if I take him to a dog, a different dog park, he'll shake in the car. And he's very nervous. But once he gets out, he kind of settles. I mean, he's, you know, he's not great, but he's not shaking like crazy. When I take him to class, he's shaking. Okay. So <clears throat> what is your ultimate goal? What, what, what are your goals with him? I just want him to be, I've been able to take him for walks with friends, with the dogs. I just, you know, I'm not looking to put him in a dog park. I just want him to be comfortable and be able to walk him around with other dogs i mean it would be great if i could get him in a dog park but you know i'm sure he would love that okay so right now you're not able to bring him on a walk with other dogs is that what you're saying um correct i used to be able to okay um it was always a little like i wouldn't be able to just walk up and let the dog sniff i would have to immediately as soon as we got somewhere with another dog just keep walking just keep walking you know mm -hmm. and that's what and then as time went on, he would be able to go over and sniff. I just never, he didn't do well that first interaction. He needed a slow introduction at, when he was younger. Okay. And what do you want from him now? Just to be able to walk up to a dog and let's go for a walk. You know, just what do you, to, what do you mean by, by other dog? Like just some random dog running around the neighborhood? Friends dogs. Let's just say my friends dogs. Okay. So you want him to, you want him to be able to, because I guess there's a big difference between going for a walk with another dog and or putting him with another dog he doesn't know and then walking together. Those are two separate things. Okay. I, I Just walking with my friend's dogs. Like, you know, and again, he used to walk with them, but now things have, um, you know, he got a little, not, he did, he got it like growling and would lunge at them. So I, you know, I didn't want to put anybody in jeopardy. So I, you know, removed him from the situation and I've been walking him. He gets walks five, six times a week at the parks. You know what I mean? So it's not necessarily, right. he's not directly with until I felt like that I could get this under control. So when, when he was walking with the other dogs, how was the introduction being done? Uh, well, it was always usually dogs he knew, like, you know, it was the same kind of the same group of dogs that he was walking with. So, um, I mean, he had known them from when he was younger, you know, and then he would just get, he would just get very, um, not, uh, loud and uh, sound aggressive. So that's why I kind of was like, you know what, I need to back off a little bit because, you know, they weren't feeling comfortable. Now, when he was aggressive sounding, was that on the walk or is that when he was meeting these other dogs? When he was meeting the dogs, but every once in a while, he'd go, you know, like go like while we were in the middle of walking. I'm like, where did that come from? Why would you okay. do that? Okay. So it sounds to me like it's a, it's a, it's an insecurity thing. And then it's just probably him not really liking is, uh, when, when did, when did the, the aggressive type of behavior and reactivity start happening? Um, he, again, he was always reactive, but I noticed it definitely got worse with other dogs after we used the e-collar on him with. Okay. So he's, dog. so he's been reactive since he was a puppy. Y yes, he has. Yes. Okay. 
So, um, all right. So it sounds, is he fixed? Yes, he is. Okay. So it sounds to me that it's just an insecure dog. Uh, it that's, is. That's what you have. Yeah. And what, what you should be doing is, is helping him build up confidence by being around other dogs without meeting them. So right now, if you were to, let's say you, you met with a friend at a park to go for a walk and you just met up and started walking, how bad would he react? Right now? Yeah. I haven't done it in, I haven't done it in at least six months, eight months. Okay. So you haven't done it since he was like seven, eight months years old. Correct. Well, no, 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 no. Um, I would say over since last winter. So he's been, he turns a year in March. So he was over a year. Okay. Last winter. And now we're, now we're in this winter. So a year ago ish. I would say more in like March, like, you know, year. Yeah. Okay. So what, how is he reactive? Uh, like what did he do when you, when you saw another dog with, with a, with a friend? He, he would get excited and then he would start walking. He would, and it depends on the dog, the male, like one male's not fixed. So that I kind of had to separate. He does have a, there's a female dog that he does work, walk with that. I just haven't lately because of his reactions, but, um, he would do fine. I mean, she's the same age and she's a lot more, um, jumpy than him. Uh So over to him, you know, he'd be fine with her, but she's very like, and then he would get a little, you know, rough with her. And then I would just, we, they were fine, but it was more, you know, I don't, I don't want him getting rough. You know, he, he would guess get a little too much. Okay. So his reactivity was him getting rough when a dog came up to him. Yes. But he, prior, he would also like either growl or lunge at them. Okay. Now when, when, when these dogs, when you met these dogs for the first Uh time, how are you, how are you, how are you going for, are you just, your dog is with you, their dogs are with them and then you're walking or are you saying, Hey, okay. Yeah. 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 Because it sounded to me that you let the other dog come up to him and then you waited for him to get upset and then he reacted. Okay. So we, I used to introduce them and then go for a walk, but then I realized that he really just needs a slow introduction. So we would walk and then to have an interaction. Okay, and during that interaction, that's when, that's when he got upset. Or would, you know, he could, he, you know, not all the time, but sometimes he would like just be walking and like, like bark at them for, or like kind of get them, you know, annoyed. Okay. And I don't know if that was, you know, why. Okay, so it, it sounds to me like he just doesn't like other dogs, and that's something that you're going to have to. Cause, and I'm still confused on, on the whole thing, to be honest, I, I, I'm not clear on, on, on everything. Um, but I, I think to me, it sounds like if you walked up to another dog and just started walking, there would be little to no reactivity, but what you're, what you're doing is you're, you're letting another dog that he sometimes knows and sometimes doesn't know meet first. There's a reaction because you can't teach a dog not to be rough because dogs are dogs. That's like telling a football right. player not to be big. So, okay. so there's certain limitations that you have to saying what you can and can't do when they're, when they're on the leash, especially when they're meeting dogs that they're not familiar with. 
because it's, mm-hmm. it sounds to me like if you get it, if you get a puppy at an early age and they're shaking and they never really were super, super, uh, overly confident with, with playing with other dogs and being okay with it. That's just probably the genetic makeup of the dog. Cause if you get it, if you get an, that's just like having an, a kid very early on being very fearful of men for no real reason. It's like, it's just a, it's like a genetic thing. So I think what you're going to be dealing with the most of is building confidence with him by advocating for him under certain situations. So actually when you're around other dogs and you're around other people, the best thing to do is to advocate for him by not letting them go up to him because he doesn't like that and he doesn't care to, to do that. No, that's not something you can tend to, you can't, Get, get him more, more exposure that tends that he would maybe, you know, outgrow or just get you can, but used the, to, or yeah, you can, but think about, think about the reality of outgrowing and getting used to, he was born like that. Right. I, right, right. So, so he came to you already. So it's not like we'll talk. I mean, yeah, the answer is yes, but I mean, I just want to take it a step by step is, you got to like really look at the bigger picture here of, yeah, you, you can desensitize them over time to the right dogs. But I think as the question goes is, can you, you know, can you get him better? Yes, you can. But, but I think, like I said, is if he from out of the gate was reactive, nervous, scared, shaking, he's just doesn't like other dogs. He's not comfortable with it. And to other dogs, he doesn't know, and he's not familiarized himself with, I would say he's probably never going to be okay with that. Uh, We have dogs in our, like we have a daycare evaluation system. Mm -hmm. I would say it's 60, 40, or maybe even more 70, um, 30 on dogs being not okay versus dogs being okay. So the larger amount of dogs that come in are not okay with daycare environments because it's too overwhelming for them. Okay. It takes a very particular dog to be okay with every single dog that they see and every single person that they see. And right. it's, a, it, it, it's, um, cause I, I, I find it to be kind of odd that, that some dogs are okay with just going into a group of 40 dogs and being completely okay with it. That, that to me is, is a bit like, um, a unicorn type thing. Uh, a lot of dogs just aren't okay with that. And so, yes, you can desensitize him, but I think you're going to fall, you're going to fall short when you're, when you're trying to desensitize him to strange dogs, the dogs he doesn't know. I think you'll have uh-huh. a, I think you'll have a really good opportunity to get him associated with dogs that he knows on a regular basis, say your friends or your family that you're going to be walking with him with, but understand that him coexisting with another dog uh-huh. is apples to oranges between him actually playing with another dog. And I think dog owners kind of intertwine that often where we, we came up to a, a, a random dog or even a dog that we knew well. And I let the other dog come up to him knowing that he doesn't like other dogs and knowing that he's not okay with it. There was a little bit of rough play and altercation and it didn't work out. And I would say that eight times out of 10, that's going to be the case. So I wouldn't, so if you wanted to say, hey, I, I don't care about that. I just want to go for a walk without my dog reacting. It sounds like you're you're there. The only thing that's happening is just these random reactivities that we'll talk about, like these random barks, 
Um, and to me, it, it, it likely, um, from what I understand, it's probably like, likely coming from the, the other dog doing something, maybe sniffing the ground or running too fast or jumping up on their owners and getting excited. A lot of dogs who are insecure, like him, typically will kind of police bark. So if the other dog gets excited or the other dog does something that he wants to police or he wants to say, Hey, I don't like that. Then, then you'll get some reactivity. You'll get some of that barking. Right. But, um, but, but that's kind of like, I think the reality of, of that is to just go out and work him around dogs that he knows and don't like, if I have a dog that like, okay, Lakota, my Dutch shepherd, she doesn't really care for other dogs. She doesn't hate other dogs. She's not going to go after them but she doesn't like other dogs in her face that she doesn't know. And she's around more dogs than most dogs because of my job and because I use her as a demo dog. But I don't let dogs go up to her ever, 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 because she doesn't like it. She doesn't care about that. Um, so that oh, way, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So then how do we get by just, you know, just doing normal walks, you know, just. Well, it sounds like that's what you're doing is you're, you're having, I, you're having normal walks with the occasional police barking or the occasional overstimulated bark, which we'll talk about in a minute. But if you're just getting that one to four barks in a half an hour plus walk, those are things that we can certainly work on. Um, but I think he it's- does fixate. He does fixate on a dog. If we're walking, he keeps his eye on him, fixates him, you know, I kind of leave it, let's go, leave it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. he keeps his eye on them and he's very, you know, he kind of just stares them down a little bit. And I know it's because he's, he's more afraid, you know, but is he reacting when he's, when he's fixating? No, I've gotten him to where at least, and again, I did send you a couple of videos. Um, if, if you go head on like face to face, he'll definitely react. If right. That's... I usually pull in from I go, you know, I, I go to the side, I, you know, I distract, I, you know, I do these other things. Right. I just, at what point doing them for a year, I just, well, you know, he, he doesn't, but that's, that's the thing though, is like, he doesn't like other dogs. So that's kind of what I'm saying is, is everything you're saying is perfect. It makes perfect sense. You have a reactive, insecure dog that probably came like that genetically because of the genetics of the dog. Sometimes that's a crapshoot. You can spend $3,000 on a, the best dog in the world and they could turn out a nerve bag. So it's not really like, you know, but if you're telling me, Hey, I have an insecure dog that wasn't taught insecurity, wasn't abused, neglected, or abandoned. Like some of the insecure dogs that we see, we have a dog that we got. And from day five of this dog being born, he was just insecure for whatever reason, whether it's genetics or it's, uh, it's the dog maybe not getting what they needed as a puppy, whatever. <clears throat> what, what, you, what you just said for an example is very, makes total sense is when he sees another dog, he doesn't know he fixates and he's fixating because he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want that dog to come after me. I don't know that dog. I'm a little nervous. What's that dog going to do next? How are we going to handle this situation? All of that is normal. But, and then you said, well, if he goes face to face with another dog, there's a problem. Absolutely. That's a problem because yeah. he doesn't like other dogs. He can't handle that. But right. I, I think, I think having the context and 
and, and understanding that he's not going to be the dog that's just going to run into a dog on the trail and say, hey, who are you? My name is this. My name is that. What are you doing? What do you smell like? Okay, see you later. He's not going to be that dog because of who he is right. as a dog. So everything that you're saying is not problematic by any means uh, so far. I mean, there's things in the tail end that we can talk about about how to build confidence, but I always try to look at the reality first before we talk about building things because – I want to make sure that you're being fair with yourself and of course being fair with him because like I said, everything you just said makes perfect. Nothing is wrong with any of that. We're on a walk. He sees a dog. He gets a little nervous. He's watching the dog. We pass them. We're good. If a dog comes running up to him, if I allow another dog come up to him, he has a problem. All of that makes total sense. So anyway, um, do you have any questions on that? Well, um, videos i sent two different um emails okay i'm watching and on, yeah okay go ahead. which one because they're numbered so i sent you i'm watching video one and then okay so video one that that's not about hit that was my daughter okay on the side of the house he's happy he's playing a friend came to the 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 fence he's wagging his tail he's got his ball and then all of a sudden starts barking at him like you know Yep. Right. But that's not, yeah. Um, so <laughs> is that aggressive? What, what is that? Yeah. Yep. That? So what this is, is the video is with, is that your daughter you said? Yes. Yeah. So, and, and this is why it's important to, to, to cycle through somebody like myself is this why we're talking, right? So, because to me, I'm looking at this completely different. I'm looking at this from a, 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 a dog, B, a German Shepherd, C, uh, an insecure kind of f- maybe fearful German Shepherd. And some dogs who are insecure with other dogs aren't insecure with people. You know what I mean? Right. So same mm-hmm. thing with like if I have a dog that's nervous of people, they love other dogs and they're playful like the Golden Retriever right. next door or whatever. So what I'm seeing here is your daughter on a fence with – his name is Ace? Yeah with Ace inside of the fence, and then your neighbor, a man, walking up to the fence, and as he gets closer to your daughter, boom, he reacts. Yeah. Yes. Crystal, crystal clear. No problems yeah. there whatsoever. Yep. All of that right. makes sense. None of that is abnormal. Um, now, again, it, it, I, I say that that's normal and there's no problem in, in the context of what I'm seeing here, um, like, Hey, I have, I have a daughter or a, 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 an, an owner of the dog who, who, who he loves inside of an enclosed area. And then a man come walking up and he's okay. Like, so the guy comes up and your daughter's like, Hey, you know, whatever, how's it going or whatever. And Ace is whack. Like you said, he's wagging his tail. And then to you, you're going, and then all of a sudden, and I'm looking, no, 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 literally the exact opposite. There was no all of a sudden with this at all. He was fine with him away, and then as soon as he came up to your daughter, boom, there's a problem. So there's no all of a sudden, there's nothing all of a sudden about that at all. It is connecting the dots between black and white, between a dog, German Shepherd, becoming protective of your daughter. Now, is it appropriate? No. Does it make sense? Yes. So Okay. What do I do to handle that? Right. So a couple different things is, again, you, you have to kind of go down these 
these, these pathways of making kind of like advocating for your dog. So let me, this, this kind of helps, uh, my clients the most is if this was my dog and insert me with my dog, with my neighbor. Okay. Okay. So if I have a dog ace, that's a little, uh, pretend, like you said, he's already kind of uh, reactive on the walks, which tells you he may be protective. He may be, uh, you know, we already know he's insecure and nervous. So what I would have done is saw your neighbor coming over and I would have said, ace downstay way back where he was before. Or I would have walked backwards. Ace, come good downstay, walked up and talked to the neighbor. Okay. Yep. Have a good day. And then broke. So because you're, you're, you don't want to set the dog up in a way of, cause you, cause you don't want to predicate the dog's success based off of the neighbor. If you want to go over and be friendly with the neighbor or anybody for that case, for that matter, you have to say, okay, what is ACE going to do? Is he going to make the right decision? I'm not sure because he may see this as a threat because this video makes like, like I said, it's kind of like the good thing about uh, doing these types of things because for you and your daughter, it's like, it's just the neighbor. He was fine here. And then all of a sudden, and to me, I'm like, this is, there's, there's literally no, all of a sudden about this. He was standing back and Ace was wagging his tail. Like, Hey, you're good there. Right. And then your neighbor kind of got up, got close to your daughter, um, like three feet from your daughter. And then in the fence, he was going to come in the gate. Right. Yeah. So, so then you get this protectiveness to it. So again, um, it makes sense. It's not appropriate. Uh, you don't want it to happen. There's things that you can do in the future to definitely control these situations because you could, and I, and I think that it's like two different things. You can either say, Hey, he's, he is not going to be okay with you because he doesn't know you, or this is a different con. Like if you're out front, or maybe you're walking by your neighbor's house and he's like, Hey, Ace, how are you, buddy? And he's like, ah, cool. What's going on? And they're fine. Cause this happens all the time where you could say my neighbor, Dan, or whatever this guy's name is, is really great with Ace. I don't understand why all of a sudden Ace started freaking out. But again, like in this context is how often does your neighbor come right up to the fence as your daughter is out there with him? grab him by the, you know, cause we're grabbing him by the collar and almost firing him up even more. So, um, so anyway, so all of this is like very contextual to the circumstances here. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, in, in the future, there's things that you can do. Like, again, I think it, it's, it's in your case, in your exact case, there's a split of, Hey, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he's probably not going to be okay with you just coming into the gate with him walking freely. Yeah. So Ace, you know, go to your place or come down. So you can do a manual place, which means if you don't have a place command outside, some people, mm-hmm. you know, have places around their yards. You could say, come down, stay. And then, okay, yeah, Dan, come on in. And then you're, but, but again, it's like, well, I couldn't do that. Well, if your right. obedience isn't good enough, then the easiest thing to do is to just grab Ace, put him inside. Okay, Dan, come on in. Sure. Yeah, check out the whatever. But you I ha- know, but then never yeah. getting better with other people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then we're back to, I mean, I believe me, I'm not looking for anybody to get hurt, but if we keep removing him from the situation, which we have been doing, it's mm-hmm. not going to help in the future, right? Because he's not learning to. Correct. Correct. But again, like in this, this isn't... 
the other way you can do it is put him on a leash and handle yes. these circumstances. So that's kind of like what I was saying at the tail end, because I'm talking about in the beginning of these conversations, whether you're sitting in front of me physically or you're sitting in front of me online, I always tell people like in reality, like none of this would have made sense for a dog like Ace um, for him to be successful anyway. So what I would have done is if your neighbor's coming over or you're going to introduce him to somebody new, there's, there's protocols and precautionary things that you have to do to be successful in this situation. And so again, putting him on, like, if you don't have really great off leash control and you already know that your dog is pre-exposed to potential reactivity or what have you, these are things that you have to, to, take into consideration when you're handling this can of worms, if you're opening this can of worms. So say, Oh, let you know, I have a slip leash on or I have his prong collar on or he's e-collar trained or he's off leash trained. Let me handle this situation. Then you can take that step of, because if, if shit hits the fan essentially, and he decides to react like he did, if you don't have anything to hold him accountable for these things. Cause this is what happens to a lot of people. My dog is reacting negatively to a nice man that we've known for a long time that should be allowed to come into my yard, especially when I'm standing right there. Agreed. But the problem in this situation, like many people is when, when something does happen wrong, where he goes, whoa, 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 get out of here, get out of here. I don't know you guy, get out of here. You're, this is, this is my, this is my family. You know, this is my fence. This is my territory. I'm already insecure. Can't you tell? the only thing you have right there is to just grab his collar and hold on and just pray nothing happens where in the future, you have to make sure that you have something that holds him a little bit more accountable. So I would say, yeah, come on in. Just let me grab ace really quick. Ace sit. He doesn't sit. Bang. Correction. One of my chopped liver sit, sit is sit. Come on in. And then he comes in and then you can follow him around a little bit, give ace a little break and kind of break down these barriers because you're on a fence line here. No, an e-collar, just, you know, at the same time, you know, leave it or no is fine too. Yeah, if he knows those things. Um, but but again, like in this situation, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the e-collar as a barrier to help him get introduced to a, a person. Right. You could right. use the e-collar if you had great obedience to control him, to just okay. avoid the situation, meaning I'm not going to say my hands are like, if again, I'm putting myself in your daughter's shoes here. If I had this dog with this individual, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my e-collar be the sole reason why my dog is going to, because if the e-collar doesn't work or you're not fast enough or your timing is off or it's not charged, bang, there's a problem. There's a potential bite. So that's why I always go like first line of defense with a leash and a collar or just a slip leash in the beginning and just work on your obedience and work on your control. Because in this situation, again, he was put, Ace was put into a situation to handle the situation, and he did. I mean, this was, this was black and white for him to be a German Shepherd. Um, and, uh, and if this was out of context in a different scenario where it was a gentleman we don't know, we would have been applauding him, and he wouldn't have won an award in your town because he did what he was supposed to. So I think, again, like, make sure that uh, I understand what you're saying about, okay, understood not appropriate but makes sense well how do we make it a- appropriate for him to actually get better and de- desensitizing and, and get more confident and that's the next steps is to when you have a when you have somebody like this coming up he's not he shouldn't be coming up to see ace 
he should in 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 the whole theory of things he should be just coming into your your yard and and ace getting to smell him under a controlled calm situation is a macro or a bigger picture of what's going to to make sense yeah no just just real quick i just wanted to say because i do know they did tell me as far as confidence that agility was good so i did do agility training with him but um and he was fine. He truly was fine. But he did, um, he would fixate, you know, on certain, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. But they just said, he's got to get more attention to me before he want, they wanted to continue with. Yeah. But that's just, okay. yeah, that's a, that's a, um, yeah, that's just a different boat in the same sea, in the same ocean, mm-hmm. if you will. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's related. But again, like, because he's so, kind of policing everything like everywhere he goes he's suspicious of things and and again i think that that's just his personality but then you have to work on engagement outside of that and those are things you like that that obedience and that engagement are things you have to build up to that's something that you have to work on um pretty Mm -hmm. extensively in order for that to be successful um but again those are like yeah they're similar but they're they're kind of two different ships um, cause, cause working on like, so right here we could talk about obedience because if you can say like, cause, and it's good that I see this video, um, but it's like, if your daughter were to just step back three feet to five feet and say, Ace, come and downstay neighbor Dan's right. got to come in and, and grab something out of the shed and then leave. That would have been it. Okay. Now, if you're like, Hey, you know, this would be a good opportunity for Ace to learn. It would have been control right here. There's no control. None, okay. zero. So that's where you'd have to make sure that you're, again, I don't want you to avoid. I want you, I want him to become more confident. I want him to become better. However, having him off leash and ha- holding him on to his collar as, as he's agitated towards somebody else is not going to mm-hmm. help you. It's actually going to hurt you. So making sure, I guess my point is, is just making sure that when you're ready to handle these situations, you're ready. You're, you're not like if your daughter's out with him, have a slip leash in her back pocket or in her front pocket or whatever to make sure if if the neighbor does come up or something like that, you can handle it with no problem. Yeah, sure. So in that situation, I would have, hey, Ace, come. Because you see Dan or the neighbor guy coming up. You slip him up. Yeah, come on in. No worries. And then you just say, hey, just ignore Ace. He's, you know, he's just in training or whatever. But again these are situations where neighbor Dan loves dogs and he wants to meet Ace and he's sticking his hand out and he's goo goo gaga and he's leaning. All of those things would get him potentially bit. And again, that would be your fault because you didn't advocate for Ace to say, you know what? He's, he's actually a terrified dog. He has been since he was little. These are things that, so, so that, so again, going back to the other dogs thing, let's say you, you, Say, hey, um, your, your friend Jean is going to meet you at the park with her dog, right? And maybe another friend. And you say, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm going to meet you there. And you just meet there and you put Ace in your heel and you just keep walking. And, and you just tell them like, oh, yeah, just he's, he's a little scaredy cat. Just we'll, just we'll just go for a walk. They don't need to meet. And I know that that may be like that's how dog trainers interact. That's how professionals interact. Like if I meet another dog trainer out on the trail – or if I meet another friend that I know is good with dogs, we don't, the dogs don't meet. It's not about the dogs. And, and, and and what eventually happens, even if it is about the dogs is you don't make a big deal about it. And that's kind of going back to what you were saying is, is 
if you allow another dog that he knows or doesn't know run up to him or come up to him on the leash, he's going to have a problem. And that to me is just being fair with him to say he doesn't like that. He's never going to like that. Uh, and I know he can be good with some dogs and not the other dogs, but he's not going to be the dog that's going to be okay with that. So you have to like weigh out your options of what you want to do. If you meet it, like what's the, what's the trail about? Is it about you guys walking? Cause I think that that's the, that's this, that's something that I want you to really consider is there's a difference between like dogs interacting with play and dogs being social. Cause I think when people think about dogs being social, they think about us as humans where we're like, you know, we're, we're out drinking a beer together and we're hanging out and we're shaking hands and we're telling stories and we're interacting like that's social for dogs. I think being social is just being around each other and coexisting with each other. So just think about that, that when you do it, when you do handle these situations, that it's, it's, it's like that. If I can, um, okay. I just wanted to show you, let me see. Okay. I think it's video two. Yeah. You can look at video two. Okay. Video and this is two. At Ace. Got it. At the dog park. Okay. And you can see. He okay. It says. Can you send, can you maybe send it again? It says it. Wait, hold on, hold on. Never mind. I got it. I got it. You just have to put it right. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So here's Ace. Okay, and this is a fenced-in dog park. Ace is on the yep. leash. Yep. Dogs are approaching, saying, "Hey, what's up to you?" They're happy, go lucky, friendly, confident dogs. And Ace is leaning forward. His hackles are up. And um, there's a gold, typical golden retriever comes running up to say what's up. Um, Samoid is there to say what's up too. His tail is wagging a little bit. His hackles are still up. He's sniffing. He's air scenting. He goes back over to the golden. Everything looks good there. Mm-hmm. So as I'm saying, like, you know, through a fence, he can be sure yeah oh, i'm that's what I'm trying to do i get him to i just have him sniff just you know just it's okay it's okay you know just to yeah. make you know i just don't want him to be so fearful of other dogs you know so okay so video three let's check out video three is dog park believe, go ahead yep so by they come over to him he's sitting calmly he's sitting nicely all right you guys really quick if you're not a member of the No Bad Dog Members Club. It's it's a really awesome, awesome platform. It's a great community that's continuing to grow uh, in this platform, in this particular platform. <clears throat> Art, you guys, really quick, if you don't know about the official No Bad Dog Members Club, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. It's an external members club outside of YouTube and Facebook and on the podcast, just with the No Bad Dog Army. It's like its own social media thing. And what it is, is it's all the full length videos of what you guys are seeing on YouTube. You guys are seeing 15, 20 minute videos and on the No Bad Dog official club, you're actually seeing an hour plus. Um, so you're seeing the full soup to nuts, connecting all of the dots. Click the link in the description below if you want to join. It's $19.99 a month. Uh, it's an awesome community. I'd love to see you there. If not, continue to enjoy this free stuff. You know, um, again, he's already met them. Um, he seems okay. And he, he's, they're talking or, you know, they're still yeah. going towards each other. And very end he'll like bark like yes yeah so another dog is kind of approaching but did you see the difference between 
the dogs that approached him before versus the dogs that are approaching him now are two different dogs with two different demeanors. See their tails, right? So again, like, and this is very helpful for you because that right there is like reading the newspaper to me. I mean, all of that makes sense. It's in the, it's in the writing there. So the two, the two first dogs, let's say the Samoyed and the, um, the golden retriever, their, their tails were wagging nice and fluffy. Yeah. Their, you know, their heads were down, very submissive. Their shoulders are kind of dance. Like they're coming over. They're like, Hey man, what's up? And he really liked that encounter. He felt good about that encounter. And even when the golden retriever stepped away a little bit, he actually went back to the golden to engage, to say like, hey man, I like you. Because you, yeah. you're not, and to me, the way I'm seeing this is, is from the point of view of Ace, is like, you're not a threat. You're friendly. I like you. You make me feel good. You make me feel comfortable. I don't feel threatened with you. I don't feel afraid of you. I don't feel intimidated or scared of you. And the other two videos, uh, or I'm sorry, the other two dogs in this last video were completely, completely different. If you go back and actually look at that video and how those dogs approached him, it was an entirely different equation, 100%. They came over, their tails were erect, um, they, they came over stiff, they came over with a little bit different intentions. The golden came, watch the dog on the second video kind of go back and forth back and forth. The tail, their tail is kind of shaking up and down there. The hackles are up on that first dog coming up. They're going back and forth. They're air scenting. And then the other dog trots over, um, in the beginning and their stiffness, all the stiffness there. The other dog is stiff as a board. He just holds his stiffness. And then the other dog is the same thing. If you watch this, it makes total sense. Total sense. Um, right. I mean, Ace is pretty calm with it. Yeah. But he's just reading that at, right. He's reading that yeah. room, if you will, where, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So what's the bark at the end? The bark at the end is the two dogs almost in a way teaming up, if you will, on him, where the, if you look at the, if you look at that last video, the dog on the right stops his mm -hmm. tail wagging and stiffens up the dog on the left okay. stops his tail wagging and stiffens up a little bit as well. And then there's a problem. And then the, okay. the bark at the end was like, get out of here. So that was, that oh. was a lot like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this. So there's a lot of stiffness going on along. So oh. the other dogs are very similar to him. And, and so, so that just tells me that you can probably have him play. Like if the golden came out of that fence, they would probably play and be okay. The other two okay. dogs were completely different. So it's not, my dog is not friendly or insecure or whatever with other dogs. My dog just needs a particular submissive, friendly, outgoing dog. Because <clears throat> yes. that made total sense to me. It wasn't, oh. yeah, that that was like, if, if you- I just didn't bark yeah. at the end. That was more like, come on, let's play or get out of here or- I think I, definitely not let's play. The bark at the end was more like, what are you guys doing? Like, he's suspicious. If, if you hear it, it's like, ah, hey, yeah. what are you doing? Like, stop looking at me yeah. like that. And there's two of them and they're both yeah. doing the same thing. If you really go back, the dog on the right is actually like, more aces vibe the dog on the right is more like hey i'm unsure and ace is kind of like yeah i'm unsure too and then the dog on the left was a little bit more um kind of pushy with his behavior he was very like hey i'm here who are you i've never seen you before you're another big guy um probably a male i'm not sure but 
and then their tails both locked and they got stiff. And then, so, so you can just tell immediately, like within their behavior, yep. if you go back and look at those, what type yeah. of dog he's going to do, do okay with. Oh, yep. Okay. I get that. I understand that part. Um, okay. And then just real quick video four was just, um, mm-hmm. uh, that was just, again, we were just on a hike. Um, and two dogs were coming down the path and we kind of went in to, um, just kind of tucked in. We're doing the watch me. Okay. Video four on a hike. Let's check it out. Okay. So we're out in the trail. Um, we're doing a, is that, who am I looking at here with, with uh, Ace? And my son is holding him. Now, normally he's always on a, a prong collar. Mm-hmm. He was on the, but he, we, my son forgot the prong collar. So okay. but he's always, but it's that, that's, you know, so anyway, we're trying to do the walk and have the dogs pass. We tucked in to, you know, a little bit off the trail and let the dogs bar, uh, pass us. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so we got, there's a couple different things. And, um, so whenever I'm training people to do like this, watch me command thing is two things is I would have went two things is I would have went a little bit further away from this particular dog. I would have had him sit and then maybe, um, because what your husband doing right here is basically like, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. He's taking, there's a dog about to come and he's taking his hand with a piece of food and you can hear him, you can hear him say like, watch me, like, Hey, up here. And he, and your dog Ace is completely checked out. So in that, in that first 10 seconds, I would have immediately, that's fail, 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 epic fail. Um, because you're already seeing he is engaged. He's locked in and he's already engaging. I would have done one of two things or maybe just both of these things. I would have said, okay, Ace heal. And I would have moved away the other direction right here. Uh Your husband is in front of the dog. Your son is behind the dog. Ace is in the middle. We are basically telling him this is going to be a problem. This dog that's approaching is a problem. This is a problem. That's what you're telling him right here because you're, you're putting him into a sit. Your husband's going, hey, why, hey, 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 no big deal, no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. That's what he's doing. And he's taking the food and he's trying to read. The minute that you say watch me and your dog doesn't watch you, you don't put your hand down and then have him come up. He's already saying F you. I'm not, nope, we're not, we're not doing this. So right. there's, there's a lot of in that situation where, again, that, that picture makes total sense. I would have immediately went the other way and not had him because he was, he was, okay. he was loading this whole time. He was right. loading. But at what, I mean, again, we've been doing this for a year. At what point can we move forward and, and he go on a trail and he dogs? I mean, he, he goes into the, he goes into training, not reactive, the dog, you know, all in the heads five feet apart from each other. And we're totally, but yet he goes, out into something like this and I, I do I but he's okay with other dogs in the environment in the the training facility but yet outside it's totally different yeah um well inside in the training facility is a completely different scenario between being outside um so there's so that's not even it's 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 all of the training that I'm seeing in this particular video is going to set this dog up for failure. So it doesn't matter like 
where you're at in his training, if you go out and do this type of training, he's going to fail. He's not going. Okay. So what do you do? Well, in this particular situation, like I said before, what I would have done is because right now, again, you have a handler behind the dog. You have a handler in front of the dog kind of miming, hey, 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 don't pit, you know, and all of all of that tells the dog, this is a really big problem because the person that's supposed to be handling me is actually now behind me. And the person that I live with um, that also is my owner is in front of me trying to snap my attention away from the dog that's coming and I'm already locked in on this dog. So you're, you're literally stoking that fire. So I would have turned around, asked him to heal because again, I think your question is, is how do I get him friendly with that dog? And it's not going to happen. He doesn't know that. I'm not them friendly. I just, we, we, I just don't want him to bark and lunge. And I know we we turn around and we go the other way and we do that. But I mean, there's sometimes you can't always right. avoid situations. You know, we got to be able to walk on a path somewhere that we're going to pass a dog without him going, you know, crazy. And all of that is handling. So all of that handling is bad and that's not good handling. So making sure like as he's loading and he's not looking at you, there's got to be a consequence for that. Because in this situation, if we listen to it, it's going to be, watch me, look at watch me, that's three. Four, five, five commands with no repercussions. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Like all of that is handling. He reacted because of his poor handling in that situation. Okay. So it's, it's frustrating, I understand. But what I'm saying is, is and I understand what you're saying is, is you're... Your rea- your training has to match what you're doing in this video. Like in this video, again, as a professional, you're hu- again, like the setup was just terrible for Ace. He's not going to be successful in that situation. So right. the minute you said watch, right. the minute you said watch me the first time, he should have got a correction for completely ignoring you. Okay. There was five different behaviors, just like with kids. Go to your room. 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 All of that happened in this video. Hey, do this. Nope. Hey, do this. Nope. Times five within a five second span. So why would he have confidence in the person who's asking him to do something when the person who's asking him doesn't mean it? Okay. So in that situation, what I would have done, especially if you have the remote collar, is I would have turned around with Ace on a, on a 180 and said, heal. I would have stopped. I would have said, sit. I would have corrected him if he didn't sit. And if you have a good watch me and you have a good, hey, look at me and pay attention, and he didn't, I would immediately gave him punishment for not looking at me and ignoring me because that's why we have counter-conditioning obedience. So if I said, go ahead. E-collar or more? Well, you could. E-collar or more of a. Both. I mean, it depends on, it's hard to say because e-collar is kind of like, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say. It's not like leash training is a little bit more generally blanketed where e-collar training is a little bit more like, it depends on who did the e-collar training. It depends on what e-collar you have. It depends on what your dog works with. So it it would have been a little bit of both, but it, it all would have happened a lot quicker than, than it, than it, you know, than what happened here. So immediately when you, when you get it, when you say, Hey dog, I want you to do this. And he says, nope. 
Because you're saying, hey, I need you to do this because this is what's going to make this, this situation successful. And right now, your behavior and your body language is telling me you're about to do something I don't want you to do, so I want you to do this. And the first time he said, do this, he said, nope, boom. You might as well not have said anything. You should have just, just let him react and then just ended it. So in that situation, I would have said, I would have saw him loading. I would have turned and walked the other way. I would have said, ace, heel. He wouldn't have. Pop on the collar. Walked away. Okay. Ace, sit. If he didn't, correction. So that immediately would have said, you need to listen to me no matter what's going on right now. And you have to remember that I am in charge and you're not. You're about to make a bad decision predicated off of insecurity. The insecurity is also stemming from lack of control. He's, he's reactive just like he was with you. This is the same situation he was with your daughter is we have a dog or a person approaching. I don't feel confident with this individual handling me. Therefore I must protect which is why he's reactive on the fence with strangers, which is why he's reactive on the leash with other dogs, and which is why he's more reactive in situations that he feels like are home to him, your trails and your neighborhood and your home and your yard. And when you go to a training scenario, the other dogs are on leash, fairly controlled, in an environment he doesn't care about because he doesn't need to protect it. So all of this is making total sense. But 90 plus percent of the problem here is the handling that's going on in the situations that you showed me. Both of the situations okay. between your son and your husband and your daughter were all situations that I could have told you would have happened. Right. Now, if that was me, I would have tucked in a little bit further and I probably would have turned him away from the door, mm -hmm. you know, so that he didn't have direct eye contact with them. Yeah. But even still, like my, let me tell you what I think could have happened. Uh, d with the proper training. This is something that we do in our out-of-state training, um, which is our three-day program, and dogs are reactive just like this, a lot, a lot of times worse. And my expectation in this situation would have been to peel off just a little bit more, like you said, and immediately ace, sit, and then if he didn't, bang, correction. Hey, pay yep. attention, right? And... And then um, my expectation would have had the dog just walk by and then Ace would have been a little bit engaged. But then as soon as the dog walked by, I would have paid Ace with either a ball, a tug or, or, or treats. Yep. That, that's, a, that's something you could have done for sure if, if, if handled properly. Okay. 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 Now, okay. And then the, just the last one, which um, I know the, the – let me just preface it by saying we took him out to go get um, the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. And for and everybody was in the car. And again, I think he's just very, um, you know, he's got to protect. He's got to, that's his job. Mm -hmm. But he was the whole way there, like very, very vocal, which he's in the car five to six times a week. I mean, that's not, he's not normally like that. The whole time he just kept, oh, and when we got there, mm -hmm. he just was, he was overloaded. He, it was too much from, it was too much stimulus for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I just felt, you know, and he, at one point I'm like, forget it. I let him pull me right to the car and I got back in the car and he was laid down and he was totally fine. Mm -hmm. He calmed down as soon as he got to the, I just think, and again, I don't let him pull me, but I just feel he was so past his point of listening to me and was not going to walk well that we just ran him to the car but he was just very um and that's where i think it's his confidence yeah well let me check it out so i'll watch the video um 
Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he's just he's just like again it, it, his his I would agree his confidence isn't there, which is why he's reactive. He's in fight or flight. He's going. I got to get out of here because I'm going to die, right? And so all all of that is is going to be compounded and or intensified with the lack of with the, with the lack of handling and understanding of what to do on the leash. So if you look at any like you can go to my YouTube channel right now and search up any reactive dog video and every I shouldn't say that almost every single one of them say there's 200 of them 195 of them are going to be the same thing that you're dealing with is you don't have so you get a dog you say, hey, we're going to go somewhere. He's like, yeah, we're going to go somewhere. I'm excited. I'm excited. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So we we're barking. We're, we're whining a little bit. You get to the place. He gets out of the car screaming, rawr, 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 barking, barking. And immediately from that time until you put him back in the car, he's going to be losing his mind because he doesn't have control. So it self-perpetuates. He's nervous mm -hmm. and insecure, doesn't really know what to do, stimulated, possibly excited. And the lack of handling and the lack of structure that you're providing is making him even more insecure and intensifying the situation. But why is he okay if I take him to the dog park? He doesn't act like that at the dog park, like in the car and getting there. Like he doesn't, you know, he gets out nicely. He stays in the car, you know, free. He kind So, I mean, that I don't know what it was with that situation. Maybe because it was all of us together. It could have been it. And I don't know for sure. I'm not going to try to act like I know for sure what's happening, but if I were to say it could have been because if you if you have a, almost a routine weekly, maybe monthly, certainly daily of going to a particular place, dogs are so smart. So if you get in the okay. car and you go to the dog park once a week, twice yep. a week, whatever, he knows where you're going. The time okay. of day, the turn you make, everything. Dogs are so intelligent. And so if you go, you pull out of your driveway and you go the other way, he's going, oh, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? I and, and if you go to the, he's a year and a half. So you if you got a Christmas tree with him uh, before, or, yeah, I mean, he, he, he's been there once his whole life and now he's a completely different dog cause he's mature. So, so I th that could be it is he's just in a new place. And he's, that's what I'm saying though, is he's like a kid an overstimulated, excited kid who goes to a new Toys R Us or a new Walt Disney. And he's like, brr, 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 and he's losing his mind. And you're, I don't want to, you're not doing anything about it. I, you're trying to do something about it, but you're not doing anything effective that helps him calm down. So he's losing his mind and he's kind of bouncing off the walls because lack thereof. So again, all of that same, every video that you've shown me and probably any other video that you send me is going to be because of lack of, of handling. So if you got him out, he's still going to be anxious, but he's not going to be anxious the whole time. He, you could have made that situation enjoyable with, with some tune-ups and with some obedience. So it's a little bit of both. It's a lot of your handling, a lot of your training with him. And because, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you said it yourself. He got out of the car and lost his mind. Well, if he's losing yeah. his mind the whole time, he's not going to get back into place. He's just going to lose it. And again, as I said, he's in the car with me, you know, almost every single day. He doesn't normally act like that. And I don't know if it was just a new environment, if it was just that we were all together. Sure. If it was what. And, you know, we did, you know, we did at that point, I just ran with back to him, but sure. he just, you know, once he's, he's in his head and he's, you know, he just, 
he won't listen to a certain, you know what I mean? He'll listen for a second, he'll get back and heal, and then he'll start pulling. Then, you know what I mean? And we, and you know, we should have just turned him around and just put him back in the car from the beginning because you know it was just set up for. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a hard situation, but but again, I think all of that is yes, I agree. Like all of that could have been managed with the proper handling. You just don't have you don't have the skills to handle him yet in that environment. It's the same thing with, you know, your your, your the daughter in, in the yard. Like you don't have an off leash downstay with heavy distractions, therefore you couldn't have made that situation better off leash. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I understand it's frustrating, and I'm not saying if I was there he would have just melted into a puddle and slept on the ground while everyone's getting their Christmas trees. But I wouldn't have, I would have had the tools, the time and the skills to tune him up, to get him in, engaged, to get him to listen to me before I continued on that, that, that train uh-huh. wreck there. That's what I would have done, you know, but you, you just, that, that's what I'm saying though, is you, you just didn't have the skills to handle that situation. Training your dog in your backyard with nothing going on is great. But it's not, it's not as realistic as if, okay, now I want to amp it up a little bit. I want to go to the tree farm, and I want to handle my dog in public with other dogs, with other people, in a place he's really never been to before. That takes a certain skill that you don't have in order to handle that situation. So, yes, leaving him at home or leaving him in the car would have been better only because of the lack of handling on your end. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know... I- so what, so what should be done as far as handling? I mean, as I said, go to the training. He's fine. Does ever all that is every supposed to do in his training in the facility? Not always. I'm not. It always. He's, he can be very good. He can walk on, on the heel and do very well. In situations that he's heightened, it's all out the window. Right, but that's that's the difference between practice and reality. So that that happens mm-hmm. often with people where they they get into a situation where you have unrealistic uh, training, which means if you're training in a training room that you train in every week and your dog's been doing it for eight to ten weeks, whatever, <clears throat> and you're you're in a controlled environment, like that's much different than going outside and training. So your transfer. Right. And your copying pasting is just a lot harder. So I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying that he you can't do it. You just have to take it more incremental, and you have to you have to you you okay. either have to you have to really double down on your handling. Like I said, I have I probably have 175 videos of 175 aces on my YouTube channel. Every single one of them. My dog's reactive. Nope, your dog's out of control because you you're not doing the things that you need to do yet. So I would go back and look at those types of things. And then the other thing is, is just ask your trainer to say, Hey, this is all great. My dog is listening well in training class, but I need help at home. So maybe having your trainer transfer things at home with you would be helpful. But again, like this is something that everybody runs into is training your dog in, in training class is much different than going out. You, you just don't, you just don't have the skills to handle that German shepherd in a realistic situation yet. So there's a million different things. I mean, we can spend the next four days talking about the things you could do, but the reality is, is you have to really audit the things that you're struggling with. And again, I think what would be useful and valuable content is to go and look at some of the videos that I've done hundreds of times with the same dog online. Yeah. I know it's, it's, it's frustrating. Listen, it's, it's something that I had a, 
I'll give you a quick story and then I gotta I gotta run. But we had a we had a dog that just came in from New York City. They had a seven month old German Shepherd dealing with the same thing that you're dealing with. They said he's biting us inside. He's nipping at us. He's going after our ankles. He's reactive on the leash. He's doing. He's jumping on us. Um, we we can't get him under control. I knew from talking to these individuals and by the frustration they're dealing with, I told them straight up, I said, you guys do not have the skills to handle this dog. If you want to get better, you could come in to myself or maybe another trainer that trains like me that can help you in realistic situations. But I told them straight up, you will never be able to handle this dog unless you really see somebody show you how to do it. And they came in, long story short, they came in for my three-day weekend program I was handling that dog with my pinky in group class surrounded by 25 dogs walking on a beautiful heel with engagement. The moment I handed the leash over, boom, everything changed. So it's, it's two things. It's a matter of skill. But the other big thing is, is your relationship so far. There's a lot of frustration going on in your relationship with them. And sometimes you just need to hit reset and really work on the things that you need to, to, to work on this type of stuff. So in, in that case with the, with the Christmas tree farm, for an example, doing a tune-up going the other way and tuning him up. Well, I did that. Well, you d- it didn't work. So it's, I know it's right. frustrating and I, and I don't know if it's even helpful to just tell you what the things you're doing wrong, but I can tell you for sure that you can get the dog that you want if you, if you train a little bit differently and, and, and maybe you, you go to somebody to help you tune these things up because he's, he's the dog you want him to be. He's just I think there's a lot of frustration going on. You know, you, you, he's whining all the way to the Christmas tree farm. You get to the Christmas tree farm, you're already, already kind of, everyone's kind of frazzled. You know, he gets out, blah, 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 guns ablaze, and you're like, nah, screw it. This is, this is over. And so you, you don't, you're not, you know, giving yourself a fair chance either. So there's just, it, it's hard to say, like, just handle better, do better, mm-hmm. be a better trainer. Like, it's, it's hard for me to just say that, but that's kind of the answer of what we're dealing with here is it's, it's really handling. It really, really is. So what is the out-of-state training then? Um, yeah, so the out-of-state training is something that um, is like, it, it can be in-state too. I mean, we get people from New York doing it too, but we just call it the out-of-state training. It's a three-day right. It's a three day program where essentially it's a, it's it's Thursday, usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, what it is, is, is it's, it's it, like a, a personal seminar with me. We have three to four dogs each weekend. Um, we do it twice a month. And essentially you come in and and for an example, like that German shepherd, they just did it last week and they're doing it again this week because they just know they just, they still haven't gotten it. And they're, they see, they're like, holy shit. Like, how are you doing that? And I'm like, guys, it's handling. They just don't have it yet. You know, it's not an overnight thing. So it's, it's a three day program that, that goes over, goes over all of that. It goes over how to handle. You work privately with me and you also work um, in a group atmosphere as well, both, both all three days. So mm-hmm. Thursday it's, um, you get a session at nine, you come back at one thirty to usually three, four o'clock, same thing on Friday. And then Saturday is nine to 11, 1130. Okay. Now, is it something that you think you could benefit from? I think it's something you would benefit from for sure. Cause I think, okay. um, you know, you, you are, you are what's going on. You really need help here. Um, so it's, so yeah, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. What what that program will allow you to do is it allow you to see the things you're doing wrong and how to handle it. So you would come in and we would almost recreate. We're gonna have three dogs in the room, four dogs in the room, barking dogs, um, other dogs, off leash dogs, whatever. And you're gonna say, okay, here's the situation I'm dealing with, and I would say, okay, er, 
all of this is wrong. This is why these things are happening. So all the things that you that I was talking about in in the videos that you sent, I was looking at all of the all of those things were wrong, which is why he was reactive. Now, if you were in front of me, I would say, here's what you need to do. So the execution right. of that is is what you're getting, really. Okay. All, all right. right. Okay. All right. Good Thank you. Very you're welcome. Good luck. All right, you guys. We've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, one of the questions we got in one of the reviews is from Joe, one, two, three, six, eight, et cetera. I, I currently block our puppy off from going to the back portion of her house. What is the best way to start teaching her not to go back there without there to be a gate? I am teaching her to stay on her bed, but at times I'd like her to have some freedom but not completely roam the house. Ooh, it's a great question, Joe. And, I, and first of all, thanks for the review. I appreciate it. You gave me five stars. Appreciate that a lot. We work really hard on this dang thing. Um, so first things first is it's a puppy, right? So it's going to be hard to really delegate exact territories. What I would what I would recommend is continue to do what you're doing by the thresholds. Um, so having these thresholds with the gates, uh, and then ultimately the dog will have this suspicion of them not being able to go in these areas. If they don't have access to these areas, they typically understand, okay, these are off limits. And so what I would do is is really just use your verbals. Once they get close to the gate, kind of like, ah, 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 ah. Use your verbals, like your verbal stoppers to kind of stop the dog when they go into these directions. I would wait at least until probably six months uh, for the dog to, to take the barriers down because they're going to want to go into these areas. The other thing is, is obviously feed your dog, treat your dog, water your dog away from these areas. Um, and then if they go in there, I wouldn't like make it this big traumatic thing. What I would simply do is go in there and just kind of herd, herd them out uh, with your body and just kind of, ah, 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 you know, kind of get them out of there. So using those verbals, dogs are really, really smart on, on, you know, understanding these things. Okay. Um, so hope that helps Joe. I, I appreciate the, the, uh, the review and we're going to get on to the next one. This is by CCAP556. This is a little bit of a longer one, but my question is, is I have an aggressive six-month-old St. Bernard. I've had him since seven weeks, and he's been through some basic training classes, and he's a couple since he's been a couple months old. He started out shy and nervous around everyone, and it slowly turned into aggression, and now I can't bring him around anyone besides my boyfriend and I because he barks and growls and lunges at everyone. The hairs on his back stand straight up. I can't even take him to the groomer or anything because he's so aggressive with everyone. I recently had someone over without putting him away in another room and they went in to try to pet him and he tried to bite them. Makes sense. I haven't had him around anyone ever since because um, you're probably scared. That makes sense. There aren't any good dog trainers in my area that deal with aggression, aggressive dogs. I don't know what to do with such aggressive large dog. I'm a small girl, so I'm really worried. Will he always be aggressive around people or is there hope in him? I consider getting your e-collar, but I wasn't sure if he was too young to start. He knows all of his basics, um, and I have, I have him on a gentle leader right now and it's helped me and I have a little bit more control, but it just isn't enough. I need help. I guess my main question is how do I deal with an insecure, aggressive giant breed? So this dog, you guys is four months, uh, yeah, four, six month old St. Bernard. He's been aggressive, uh, at starting at four months. Um, okay. So what I would, my recommendation is, is a couple different things. The first thing is, is you, you, I, I, I get this a lot. It's like, I don't have any good dog trainers in my area. Well, I understand that. And it's like, there's something that you're going to have to travel and spend a little bit of money on. First of all, is like, you're going to have to invest into something like that. It's like anything else. Like if you want a specialist, you want a specialist or you want somebody that really specializes in working with these dogs. I mean, some people are like, I don't have anybody local and local means 
I don't know, 10, 10 minutes uh, or half an hour. And you just have to realize like the bigger picture and context of this is a dog that is very uh, going to be very big and he's already probably pretty big and he's aggressive. So the chances of this dog, like honestly making it past a year is going to be not likely they're going to, it's going to be a liability. So, I mean, I have people that travel all over the world for, for certain things for training and this is something that you're going to have to invest a little bit of time and money into to get the things that you want. So that's the first thing I would say is, is this is a very serious situation. And my recommendation is to really make sure that you're taking this a little bit. I don't want to say more seriously because I know you are taking it seriously, but you might have to travel, first of all. The other thing is, is really working on um, having more control. I would suggest with this big of a dog, maybe switching to like a Herm Springer prong collar to help with your control and help. Because all of this, to be honest with you, like some of it could be genetics and the dog's just aggressive, but I doubt it. All of this is probably because of your relationship, honestly. Like a lot of what you're dealing with right here is probably because of your relationship with the dog. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're watching my YouTube channel, you're seeing this podcast was perfect. Perfect example. Literally the same thing. I have a dog that's aggressive or reactive on the leash. What do I do? Well, the reality is, is you are the problem. And and this is very likely for most dog owners. And that probably is the case with you. So I hope that this podcast give you a lot of insight on this, but you're going to have to rebuild everything. So your obedience off leash and on leash, a lot of what you're probably dealing with is accountability. Just like you heard in this podcast with this particular dog, the dog freaks out and reacts. What are you doing about it? Saying no, grabbing their collar, holding them back, pushing them into the other room. These are things that you have to start taking control over to really hold the dog accountable. Putting your dog on a prong collar and a leash or a slip collar and a leash um, probably a prong it's going to be safer with this giant breed and correcting them when they're when they're being like this and behind the scenes and alternatively when you don't have people over you're working on the obedience that you want them to do when you do have people over again same thing I told this individual and I'm telling a lot of people the reality is guys as I continue into this career is you're going to have to reach out for help you're going to have to invest in a you know a weekend with a dog trainer or you know bringing your dog across the country to get trained because these are situations that can turn deadly for your dog and potentially get somebody else hurt so i hope that that information helps you um and i i, I wish you the, all of the best and i hope that that helps we're going to move on to the last question here which is han 9913 thank you so much for um, the, the, the review on, uh, episode 81 was helpful to you. I'm very happy for that. Uh, okay. So the question is, is you touch on some of this in the episode, but I think some clarity would help me. I have two dogs, neither are reactive on leash or separate, but one is reactive when they are on the leash together. I would, I, let me read that again. I have two dogs, neither are reactive on leash separate, but one is reactive when they are on leash together. Got it. If their reactivity gets escalated enough, one will go after the other. One will then lead the other one to reactivity. We have really worked on their obedience and they are listening extremely well and separately or together on leash unless there's another dog around or they are together. Is there a way you would recommend de-escalating this on the leash together? I would recommend, first of all, is just going out with another handler and having, so kind of make a hybrid, working on them separately but out on a walk together is what i would do so get another person out with you and kind of make this situation um without going full bore on it which means having another person with you uh, would be a good idea to start some of this stuff um, that way you have a little bit more control and you're not so defeated by handling both dogs um, the other thing i would say is it's just like how you're 
countering this type of stuff. So um, what type of consequence they're getting when they're reacting, uh, what type of tools you're using to make sure that you're not firing them up, making sure that you're doing drawback retreats to reward the dog, um, some avoidance stuff. So excuse me, I think my, my best piece of advice is to go out and work with another person to start the process of them being out together separately and then over time kind of work them uh, together. Hope that helps. Um, all of the information that we talked about in this particular podcast, you guys, is going to be um, as far as the um, uh, the the. Anyway, so I hope I hope that uh, this podcast was good. I hope it helped you, and um, I will answer all the other questions uh, in the next podcast. We'll do at least two or three each podcast. If you guys want me to answer your questions, all you have to do is go and review this podcast on your platform and. I'll answer them next podcast. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye. <clears throat> hey, what's going on, guys? Another podcast for you. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Tom Davis, the host of the No Bad Dogs podcast. Here is Lakota, which is now becoming my little podcast uh, partner here. She's with me all the time. Anyway, uh, this is a great podcast on kind of some Q&A on the introduction of the e-collar. This is a gentleman that just got an e-collar for his dog. His dog is a one-year-old German Shepherd, and he's looking at, hey, how do I start this thing? So this is a good frequently asked questions that I get. When to use it, how to use it, what levels to use, can I correct my dog? All of these things are great. Um, and we're going to get into that, and it's going to be short and sweet. And, of course, at the end, I'm going to be answering your dog training questions that you guys left into the reviews on the podcast. If you guys want me to answer your questions, all you simply have to do is go to whatever podcast you're listening to this on and leave a review. And within that review, leave your question and I'll answer three every single podcast. So make sure you listen to the end because I could be answering your question. Stop, Coda. All right, you guys. So this is a question from Mary McPhee uh, regarding episode 81. So what we're going to do is we're going to answer this question. Uh, this is the first out of three. So what we have here is I have a question about our old, our one-year-old Pamapu. I don't even know what a Pamapu is. He has started to become aggressive with my husband when he wakes him up to go outside. When the dog is napping and my husband wakes him up, he growls and jumps and snaps at him. It doesn't matter if he's napping on the couch or in his bed. I'm not sure what causes this and haven't had it addressed anywhere else. Could this also be an obedience issue? Mary, thank you for the question. Thank you for the review. I think this is probably more of like a relationship between your husband because it almost seems like you're you're saying that he doesn't do it with you. So if he's only doing this with your husband, that probably means that your husband's job is to like wake him up to go out and go potty. So what I would do is get your husband to work with this dog on the leash to create a little bit better relationship. And instead of waking him up maybe in an abrupt way, um, waking him up with something else like saying his name and calling him over for a piece of treat and then letting him outside. So I would, A, create a different relationship and perspective between the dog and the owner to have a little bit more. Like if you're waking somebody up that you don't know or you don't necessarily love, it's, you're going to be a lot more grunchy, grunchy, grouchy um, than if, you know, if it was somebody that you love, your significant other, your best friend to say, hey, we got to go. So I would, I would have them... Work on the relationship on the leash for a couple of weeks and then try to find an alternative way of waking the dog up, um, you know, maybe just by saying, hey, dog, come over here and then paying them when they get to the cookie jar and then letting them outside. So those are the two things that I would do. Um, so anyway, Caitlin Fitz, thank you so much for the review. I appreciate you a lot. 
Um, really, really appreciate it. And then same thing as Sammy Joe. Thank you so much for the review. Um, appreciate you a lot. It means a lot. Alyssa and Lexis. So uh, thank you so much for the review. Five stars. Awesome. The question on this is best advice for a dog that gets very excited over everything, especially dogs. He tends to whine excessively. What I would do is is make sure that, first of all, is like being realistic. If you have a young dog or you have a, a vocal dog just in general, a beagle, a shepherd, uh, any dog that just iner- inheritedly and, and innately is going to be vocal, um, you got to have like realistic expectations of what do you want them to do? Be silent or, you know, be less whiny. So I think um, the control is really big. So I would make sure that if your dog is going to be in a situation where they're going to be overexcited, say there's somebody coming over, or you're going to go to a new place or whatever these excited things are, just make sure that you have some sort of control to be able to say, okay, hey, keep it in line. Maybe like a slip leash is something that comes to mind. Um, if the dog is jumping and whining and carrying on, it kind of like escalates and they, they work themselves up. So that's the first thing is, is try to control some of these stimulated environments or these stimulated situations or triggers. Um, that I think that that, that would be helpful. Um, and the other thing is, is just like some engagement. So if you're out with your dog and they're getting overly excited for a certain reason, you have to take the currency to a different page. So say, hey, pay attention to me. Sit pay them. Um, so just kind of have an exterior, um, exterior reward systems and currencies outside of what you're doing to, to, to help your dog kind of redirect their attention. Um, so anyway, I hope that helps. Okay. We have another one here. GG one, three, five, six, big fan of the podcast, five stars. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. All right. The question is, is my 18 month old Mal German Shepherd Dutchy Mix, that's an interesting mix, is doing great behavior and training-wise. However, we cannot get him to settle down and nap unless he is created. We will never just relax on the couch or in bed. He will sit next to us on the couch and enjoy being pet. The second we stop him, he gets up and starts moving around. Any advice? Oh, well, you said it in the beginning. Malinois, German Shepherd, Dutchy Mix, high-class working dogs that are likely never going to just settle down until they're older. Um, so this is a dog that's 18 months old. So he's, he's in his prime right now. So my biggest recommendation is exercise, of course, outletting this energy. This is one of the, these are, these are, this is three of the top working dogs in the world combined into one. So exercise and outletting that mentally and physically is huge. And the other things is like when I have with Lakota, cause she's a Mal Dutchy mix, she's a Dutchy, but, um, they're all Dutchy Mal's, um, is the place command. Um, we have people over all the time, so sending her to her place and, and working on that stay is invaluable. She's it's suppression. She's always gonna want to go and 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 see these people. She's always gonna want to go and get excited about these things. Um, so just make sure that you know your your obedience is good to counter some of these things. And the place command or the touch command is is something that has been huge for not only myself but my clients as well um hope that helps anybody else have any questions for me i'd be happy to answer all you guys have to do is leave a review in the review section of the podcast that you're listening to this on and i'll answer it next time thank you guys so much for listening talk to you next time bye mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.